Hello friends and welcome to the latest self-isolation podcast, Kings of Anglia style. My name is Mark Heath, I'm your host. I am in the office today, not the office, my office at home. The boys are in their various self-isolation stations. That of course means that the entire team is here. We've got the mind, the wit, the prospect, however you want to call them. You know them simply as Hutch Hogan, Dr. Watson and producer Ross. How are we all boys? Hutchie, how are you? Good, thanks. Excellent. <laughs> no, I'm good. You all all right? Not too bad. Not too yeah. Bad. Good. Uh, Stewie, how's things with you? Things all right, yeah. Not too bad. Mm. Had my, li- my little walk for the day. Um, yeah, all right. Good. <laughs> Excellent. And Roscoe, you've joined <laughs> us on a day off. Um, you've just oh. literally been sprinting around your house, making us all feel a bit sick before we started recording Sorry. this. Um, what have you been up to today? And it's a day off. Obviously, you can't really do anything or go anywhere. So uh, I, went to, I went to the supermarket. Yeah. The craziness of the supermarket. But luckily, it weren't as busy. So I got the essential stuff. I didn't buy any Jaffa cakes because I don't think that's essential right now. Well, so, it's essential for you. But I thought I'd be good. So Yeah. I, I never thought. A, go on. I never thought that going to the supermarket and please take this the right way would be such a thrill not a thrill (laughs) but like like a real daring military operation like I got up in the in virtually the dead of night to to be ready to get there as it opened got got the gloves ready got the wipes ready two meters apart it was yeah I never thought it would get the uh, adrenaline going going to Tesco's as much as that (laughs) <laughs> did you like a team rolling through the doors and that kind of thing uh no but i felt like that wouldn't have been inappropriate yeah i went to get my old man is is not very well so he's he's having to be really careful and i had to go and get a prescription for him today and uh it, it was unbelievable in the car park people were literally standing two meters apart i rocked in thinking you could just walk in and get the prescription but you had to text them the name of the person and then go and sit in your car and only once they'd said, right, you can come and get it, because you then joined the queue, which was spaced out two metres. And when you actually got inside, the entire pharmacy was boxed off, apart from a tiny little, like, hole through the, which oh, they were yeah. passing passing the things. It was proper, like, something you'd see in a film. And I had, obviously, gloves on and all that sort of stuff. And bought 100 pairs of, uh, of latex gloves from Amazon. And when you drop it off to him, his stuff, do you do, um, do, you do knock down ginger? <laughs> no because no one does knock down ginger mate <laughs> yeah uh we've already proven that to be the the correct name but is that yeah that's what you that's knocked down ginger now everyone's it's, doing it you leave the stuff yeah. outside someone's door knock and run i kind of wave at them through the window and then uh, and then leave it and yeah unusual times we're all living in boys unusual times um today is going to be a mailbag special it's literally your show thanks of course as well for people who have been listening during the, the isolation pods and also watching the first one we put out on on tuesday i was amazed by how many people seem to enjoy watching it and actually seeing us in person obviously the uh the faces of the franchise as ross called uh <laughs> the other day which is correct wow. actually uh, you're also getting some compliments for your hair i noticed people saying your hair was tight that is a first i don't know if i've ever had anyone make any remark about my hair whatsoever yeah, but, um, but it is looking yeah. fresh. For now, yeah, give it two weeks. You, you'll be able to 
you'll be able to track just how ridiculous it gets so quickly as well. To a week, it'll be out here, like yes. on the sides, yes. like bushing, bushing out, what almost like have... this wonderful moustache. Look at that, oh, outstanding. <laughs> that, was... that is growth. That is. I was going to ask for an update. Obviously, me and Ross, um, we're growing feral and beardy. Stewie, are you officially part of the beardy crew? Are you? Uh, the, the very fact you had to ask that question would would, would speaks volumes <laughs> about. Yeah, I'll do what Andy did. I zoom in. It's very sparse. Uh, it's also multicolored as well. So um, there's a lot lot of ginger in there. Quite a bit of grey creeping in. Um, I don't think I'm going to get a pass off off the misses to. Uh, to continue with it, I think it's going to have to go. I liked it last year. You did it last year. You had the James Collins look. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> the upside down head I think look. I'm like yeah. Moustache, yeah. by the way. You what? Sorry. I'm I'm going moustache only. I think I'm going to have to shave the neck beard and the patchy nonsense here. I might just grow a tash. But you seem naturally to have the musketeer look, if you know what I mean. You've got the tash and you've got the bit on the chin. Seems to be a natural growth oh. for you. Do you want to keep the bit on the chin? The go, the yeah. going to keep the chin. Absolutely, I'm, yeah. It won't. I've not got enough to link it. I'm not going to be able to link it up. There's a very yeah. distinct, yeah. like no man's land around here. So it's just going to be a chin beard and a tash. <laughs> a tash, and then like a proper sort of wispy. Oh yeah, can you do those? You know when people put it in like a dreadlock? Do that just off the and, chin. And then a fro as well to top it all off. The fro, I've got no choice. I've got no choice regarding the fro. That that will be what it is. That's yeah, the, that's the way it is. What are we all going to look like when this is over, boys? We're going to look like men of the woods, feral people. It's going to be good. I like it. Um, <laughs> right then, should we get some mailbag? We've got loads of mailbag. This this show is literally from you, the people, to us. What do you want us to talk about? Oh, before oh. you start, I have yeah. I have done something today that I forgot to update you on. I've just played a version of Play Your Cards Right on a Portsmouth radio station. Oh, really? I told them to uh, to do one politely, Stu. So you obviously, oh. I said well, not any time to do this. So uh, obviously they they then went to you. I didn't feel like I had an excuse, um, so that was fine. <laughs> it was. It was uh, Play your cards right to determine who would have won out of Ipswich and Portsmouth had they played the other week, which was quite a fun little idea. Uh, I lost. I went. I went one 0 up and I lost two one, chaps. So that felt quite sort of fitting of Ipswich's season, yeah. really, to to <laughs> bottle it from a winning position. Poor, absolutely poor. Um, first question from D Jones Jacks Daryl, friend of the show, number one, the original. He wants to know if Marmite wasn't called Marmite, what would it be named? Sticky sauce. Yeah. <laughs> mm, <laughs> sticky sauce. <laughs> uh, it's pretty I've never actually had Marmite, it's just salty, isn't it? What? 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 How can you never you, what do you mean you've never you've never tasted it once? No. It's just, it's not like just what are you doing? Not even round your nans or something. <laughs> no, especially not round my nans. <laughs> um, it's not an old person's thing. I just surely though, there's like everyone's aware of Marmite. Have you not once like the whole love it hate it thing? Have you not once just thought I'll have one bite of it just to see whether? No. Well, it's it's on the same tree of, as 
that kind of Bovril thing in it, which I'd never had until Hutchie made me try years ago on a podcast. That was an awful podcast. That yeah. was um, <laughs> that was an absolute shambles. If you want to listen to it, it is out there still. But uh, you've not even had it in when it comes in the tiny, tiny little sachet on a breakfast buffet in a hotel. Yeah. You never thought. You never no, thought. God. That's the time to experiment. University's a time to experiment, isn't it? I thought. That's 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 for sexual. Um, yeah. <laughs> things. Uh, no, I've never ever I've never ever had marmite. I, I understand it's just very salty though, isn't it? Is it umami? Is that what it is? So what marmite? Lovely. Umami. You know the fifth the fifth taste. Umami. Is that what it is? I wasn't aware that that was a word. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it is. There's like there's like salty. Uh, savory, sweet. What's the other one? Bitter, and then umami are the five the five tastes. Okay. So I was I was led to believe it was somewhere in the salty slash umami range. Is that right? You're overcomplicating it. It's just marmite, and it's really nice. <laughs> Is it though? Is it not just just spreading salt upon your toast? Go away. Try it, and then we'll. We'll return to this. Anyway, we've got away from the, the question, which is what would it be called if it wasn't called Umami? Marmite? It would be called Umami. umami. There you go. <laughs> Alistair Rattray wants to know, and I think this is probably aimed at you, Hutchie. I have a jacket potato left in my cupboard. What condiment would I put oh, on it? Don't start this again. <laughs> you can put all kinds of things on it. Oh. We've had, we've had an intrusion from my dog, Benson. He's got a great unit. Yes. Get him on screen. Benson. Benson. Come here. Here we go. Here we go. You see him? Uh, you see him? There he is. There he is. There he yeah. is. That's good lad. <laughs> Mascot. He's too, big, he's too big to sit on my lap, unfortunately. I'd very quickly get a dead leg. Anyway, back to the uh, the jacket potato question. You've got one single jacket potato. What are you putting on it? We know Hutchie puts gravy on his. Gravy and mustard. Gravy and mustard, which is. Uh... Can I can I stop everyone there? Let me just make this very clear. I have put gravy and mustard on a jacket potato, on an occasion or two, yeah. and it was quite yeah. nice. I'm not some kind of deviant. That's not what I'm doing <laughs> on a night on a nightly basis. I've had, I have other things on there. Jacket potato, lovely with a chilli. Or maybe some yeah. leftover curry. Or beans Plus. and cheese. Chicken yeah. mayo with bacon in it. Tuna. Other things. But why not give, bake, um, give a baked potato a little try with some gravy and some mustard. If that's all you've got, I guarantee you that you'll like it. Don't make it a regular thing. You can Just guarantee that. What's not to like? But can you actually guarantee that people will like it? Y yep. Okay. <laughs> Stewie, did you see, um, by the yep. way, that the KOA Army was, was trying out your vinegar on Brussels sprouts the other day? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's slightly weird that we say something and then and then somebody's doing a picture of it. But uh, I hope they liked it. You'll have to let us know what you thought of it. Uh, I think it was RJM on Twitter. So let us know. So Hutchie, you're obviously going, um, you're going gravy and mustard. Stewie, what are you putting on your, uh, your, your jacket potato? Uh, beans and cheese, mate. Simple Classic. man, simple pleasures. Yeah. Absolutely. Roscoe? Stu stole mine. I'm, I'm standard classic. Get the yeah. beans in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sprinkle the cheese over. Boom. Let them out. Happy days. You can't beat it. One of the Fun stupidest fact, things. By the way. Yeah. Oh, carrot. Go. No, you go. You go. No, you carry on, my friend. Fun fact: I used to hate jack potatoes when I was a kid, but when I turned twenty. I went, do you know what? I had a jack potato once. My nan did it for me and I, I loved it. Absolutely was it like it. prawns? Is it like prawns yeah, all over? Like prawns. Yeah, yeah, like prawns. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I, I did like. like turning 20 and just going, wow, jack of potatoes. They're the tits, lads. It's <laughs> 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 food epiphanies from time to time. Yeah. That was only three years ago. Yeah. yeah it was only yeah, three years ago. Just basically, I went around my nan's one day. And then she said, oh, you know, I can cook you for some dinner. And she went, oh, I'll, you know, cook you a jack and potato if you want. Oh, OK, yeah, go ahead. Why not? I'll try it again. I loved yeah. it. And ever since then, I've had it at least every every few few days, months and stuff like that. So <laughs> your, your life has changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least once a week. Do you? Yeah. Give, a, give a bang some prawns on there. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I've done it once. That's not too bad. Nice. Uh, I'm going. Obviously, the classic is the the cheese and uh, and beans. I'm going probably a bit of tuna mayo as well. Although I love, I also love chili. One of the stupidest things I've ever done was um, back in the day when we was very poor. In the early days of my journalist career, when I was earning hardly any money at all, um, we were eating jack of potatoes a lot because they were cheap. And so we whacked them in the oven with a knife through them because it helped to cook the insides quicker. And I kind of went went away, forgot about it. We'd been imbibing, shall we say. So I wasn't I wasn't on top of my game as I went to get the potato and I tried to pick it up by the knife, which is obviously burning hot. And I, I actually had a knife imprint on my hand for about two months as a result. In the palm of my you hand. You can't put metal in a microwave, surely. It wasn't in the microwave, mate, it was in the oven. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, you can't put metal in a microwave. Don't do that, kids. Um no. Peter Dwerry House. He says, redoing my question from the other day, you find a book and begin to read it only to discover that it is your life. You get to the point that you're at now. Do you do you turn the page knowing you will not be able to change the events that are to come? Peter's got some deep questions, man. Ooh, I'm ready. Peter was the guy who asked the other day about the, um, the, the uh, what was it? The, 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 the smarties. No, smarties, that was it. With the, with the one red one and 99 blue ones. And if you pick the red one, you die instantly. If you pick a blue one, you get 50 grand. So Peter obviously thinks about these things. Mm. So if, if you could see your future, but wouldn't be able to change it, would so, you have a look so, at it? Your fate is written. Yeah. Right. Mm. Well, if, if you're telling me that, that whatever happens, you can't change that fate. Mm. I don't know. Do you want to read it? I, That's I've literally a question. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. You're not turning that page. No, are you? Uh, man, it'd be tempting though, wouldn't it? Would it not be tempting? Mm, I no. think you need to make your decision quickly. You yeah. can't, you either get rid of the book or you go all in. Don't, don't leave that book just on the shelf. Um, I might be tempted at the moment, though, given where we're at in in uh, in history. I might be tempted to read the next chapter just to know how this particular uh, time is going to unfold. Alternatively, you could go straight to the back and just kind of see how it ends, how old you are, and how it finishes for you, and then don't read the in between stuff. Roscoe, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you looking at your future? No, 
<laughs> I dread to see what my future is looking you fear, like. You, you fear your future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm probably looking. I've got to say, I just have interest. And Definitely. yeah. If it's we'll crushing see. disappointment, though, uh, you know, I suppose in a, in a way you could get your head around what's coming and then just be, just try and enjoy it and be happy for what it is, here's knowing it's not going to change. Here's a philosophical question. You you look at the future, it's dreadful. You think, that's it, I'm going to end it all. But you can't, unless that is in your future. You see what I mean? What's yeah, uh, oh, Christ, you've gone dark there, haven't you? Um, yeah. That, that is a bit dark. <laughs> uh let's let's bring it back to a bit of lightness from andrew who wants to know after mark's stupendous netflix recommendations can the boys recommend anything during this lockdown period what have you been watching boys been hitting up the box sets i had a little think about this because i thought that there might be some questions along these lines and th these might be in well, the first one I was going to say is actually is that race across the world. That's the best thing on on sort of terrestrial TV at the moment. You've seen that on BBC Two on a Sunday night. It's the second series like of that now where they get like couples, sometimes they're married couples, brothers and sisters, friends, and they have to get from one checkpoint. Uh, at, currently, they're doing one that they started in Central America and they've got to work their way all the way down to the foot of South America using only trains and buses and they're not allowed a phone and um so it's like a travel program but uh, and they have to kind of race each other to get to checkpoints that's um that's good fun i like that that sounds good man it's like a kind of extension of the hunted kind of concept apart from they're not being hunted they just got to go kind of yeah yeah okay cool that's a good shout what roscoe what have you what have you got to offer uh, definitely not something called Blind Date on Netflix. That was that was dreadful. Dreadful. Oh, Kira, the American, the American yeah, show. Yeah. Kira oh, God, Priscilla Black. Yeah. We tried watching that. It was fucking awful. Oh, terrible. I don't normally watch them sort of things, but I thought oh, I'll give it a watch. Kieran, Kieran, you know, good, good old Kieran. He recommends it, and I thought, okay, I'll give it a watch. One episode. I couldn't even yeah. get through the first five minutes. Yeah. I was, I was just skipping through it. It was just a stupid concept. That's, that that yeah. just would never happen. The idea was that you married someone without actually knowing what they looked like, basically. But it was so yeah. over the top and American, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, we yeah. turned it off. So, uh, so not that. that. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the TV show called Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, so with uh, Andy Samberg in. Andy Samberg, yeah. He's um, so I'm rewatching it again because there's season six is out this Saturday. Yeah. So I just thought I'll catch up again, watch it, rewatch it, and then. Hopefully by Saturday, I will watch season six. Go from there. Mark's off. He's off. Where's he going? Sorry, mate. Uh, the Benson wants to go out, so I've got to let him. I've had to let him out, otherwise he'll start kicking off. Um, <laughs> Hutch, Hutcho, what are you saying? Um, what mainly? I've been watching Disney. Um, of course, yeah. But I won't. We'll stay away from that. So one the. The one thing I have watched is something I've meant to watch for a little while. Stu and I were talking about this the other day. It's a show, BBC show called This Country. Um, yeah, it's good. Set in the Cotswolds. I've not watched it before. It's similar kind of humour to The Office. Not a patch on The Office, but still pretty good. I've, I've watched. Yeah. All, I've watched all of it now. This Country yeah. on BBC. Isn't it's there an right. Ipswich Town gag at the at the end? Yeah, it's a, it's my favourite things. Ipswich Town, Swindon Town. And Sam Parkin all kind of 
That's basically the payoff to the entire three. There's the last episode they're ever going to make. And that was essentially the payoff was uh, saying how great Sam Parkin was for Swindon, how appalling he was at Ipswich. And uh, yeah, that was basically the payoff for three series worth of uh, BBC (laughs) show. Who would have thought it? Who wrote that? Um, brother and sister, isn't it? Brother and sister from from Sirencester in the Cotswolds. Okay. So the last name's Cooper, I think. Right. It's all right. It's all right. Mm. I would recommend highly uh, something called Cheer, which is on Netflix, which is about cheerleading. Hutchie's off now, but it's not your it's yeah. not your mama and papa cheerleading like you'd see on the NFL sidelines. It's proper competitive tumbling. Uh, and it's brutal. I think I've mentioned it before. I'd recommend that. And also something called Shadow of Truth, which is about a murder in a school in Israel, I think. And it's, it is so, so dark and chilling. Um, I definitely recommend watching that as well. Hutchie, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here, mate. Just um, some banging outside. I just wondered what what area of my house the my daughter's trying to destroy now. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's not her. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. It's not the fans. They found you. They've come to come say hello. Yeah, and this is why you can't play football in a close in in an empty stadium behind closed doors because the fans will come. Exactly. Uh, next question, Nigel G. Friend of the show. Number nine. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I think he's nine, isn't he? Um, Nigel, thank you for your service. You're a key worker and you're on the front line. You're doing some great work. Uh, he's, he wants to know, as Ross, lightning strike emoji, likes his oranges, does he prefer to try and peel all the outer peel off in one go or just in little bits? Or is he excited when he sees an, or- an orange? Is he that excited when he sees an orange? He eats it like an apple with the peel on. Um, I can quickly get an orange now to show you how I eat an orange if you want. Do you, do, you try and, do you try and keep the peel entire, as it were? No, I just, I just rip it off and just, just eat them one by one. Uh, Nigel uh, also adds, what are the other chap's favourite fruit? Hashtag please stay at home. Uh, an apple, but it has to be a pink lady apple. Oh, good shout. I'm, I'm, I'm very specific about that. My wife's the same, but with gala. She's a gala apple girl. But for me, a mango, please. If you're, oh if yes, you're give, mango is the king of the fruit. Yeah. Not too firm though, but not too gooey either. It needs to be just right. Absolutely, I'm, I'm with you there, Hutchie. That's a great shout. George has asked a football-related question. Um, what's more likely to happen? He says, season played behind closed doors or season voided. Hmm. We've just seen, by the way, just before we came on air, as it were, the National League and the Women's Football League have have decided to null and void their season and wipe out all results. So Ipswich Town ladies, who were gallivanting towards promotion, yeah. he had a historic run in the FA Cup, that never actually happened now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um... I think it's easier to make that decision further down the pyramid when there's not quite so much money at stake. I think, um, you know, once you get into Premier League and Football League, the lawyers would undoubtedly have a field day if they called it null and void. Yeah. 
Um, so I still think that the the delay tactics are because of that, and they're just that behind closed doors. I think it's those are the two options now, aren't they? Call it off or behind closed doors. But yeah. is there a way that they can do that safely? in June, July, behind closed doors. I guess every single player would have to be tested and make sure that they're negative in terms of that. They'd have to completely limit the amount of people that, that come to the stadium. You know, literally a handful of, of people. Um, I, I still think they'll try and find a way to, to get it done. But I don't know. Look, nobody knows how these next few weeks are going to go, do they? What do you reckon? Um yeah, I, th- I think I think the financial argument is why they're going to try everything they possibly can to get it done. Um, there may well come a point where they decide that they can't, but I think that's a few months away yet. So I think I think it's all going to be left very uncertain for for several several weeks. I would say. Here's what they should do: get to June, get an arena, let people in who are clear of the virus. And then do it like little five-a-side uh, classic. Do you remember that? It used to be on Sky Sports back in the day. On that played on the blue pitch with the um, the legends. Mm-hmm. Do it like that. Get have five have ten minute games, five minutes each half. Bang, whole season done in an afternoon. There we go. Mm. <laughs> I like it. I, I like the idea, but I'm not sure that you can completely change the rules of the competition midway oh, through to get it done. Um, so boring, Dr. Watson. Come on. Behind closed doors, though, I'm sure TV will, will go for that because people will be so gagging for any kind of football, given a couple more months or whatever, that they could almost show like a game a day type situation and, and uh, rattle through the matches quite quickly. But um, there he is. What a beast. Benson. What's on the camera? Who's this? Who's this? Hello, mate. <laughs> there we go. Little insight there. <clears throat> Sorry, I've lost my track of thought there. What were we talking about? Null and void, yeah. <laughs> yeah, might get done, might not. Okay. Whatever. Ipswich will okay. finish mid-table regardless. <laughs> whatever happens yeah uh paul m again still i'm still not convinced is the is the real paul mccartney who would you get to play in a movie about your lives also can you send me your best wishes as glasto's been cancelled and i'm at a loose end love to your wives maca kiss Who's Macca, you, he, he's in the vulnerable category he should be very much locked away he needs to be he needs to be safe he's one of the uh, the countries of course Greatest living legends. Uh, we established before he should not still be singing, but he's still a he's still a legend. So who's playing you in a movie about your lives? Obviously, Stewie, you've got Jason Statham straight off the bat. <laughs> uh, I was going to probably say Will Smith. Yeah, there's a there's an obvious <laughs> issue there. <laughs> what the accent? <laughs> Will Smith isn't from Suffolk, my friend, or Essex. I'll take Jason Statham. I thought you was going to say Harry Hill or something like that. Hutcho, <laughs> <laughs> who are you taking? Uh, James Corden. What? Good show. That's a good show, actually. I think he could portray all that I've done in my in what is a very full and uh, accomplished life. I think he could yeah. play that. I think he could play that role really quite well. And he could sing as well, like you can. So, 
Yeah, both both famed for our um for our songbird voices. The voice Absolutely. of a generation. Roscoe, who are you having? Tom Hardy, of course. You know, standard. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, or Idris Elba. Idris Elba, maybe. Yeah, again, again, Idris. I'd love to hear Idris with a Suffolk accent. Yeah. I'd love to see Tom Hardy trying to act his excitement at discovering oranges for the first time. Yeah. Or, or uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, look, looks somewhat familiar, you know, sort of look-ish, you know. Or Christian Bale, you know, Batman and all that. There's a few options there for Ross. There's, There's a few options. Um, I'm having, uh, I frequently get told that I look like Morrissey. So I'm having Morrissey. I've got the, the long nose, they've got the proboscis, the long nose, do you see? And the slightly odd looking face that Morrissey has. So there you go. I'm not sure if Perfect. you can act. There we go. Um, Matt Lee, what are each of your respective backgrounds in journalism and why did you go into the industry? Mm-hmm. I'm not a journalist, so this is sort of void for me. <laughs> well, you got in a, in a very different way. You um, kind of forced your way in by creating your own content, didn't you, essentially? Pretty uh, much. Like Town Talk and then getting it's, onto it's... our video, uh, visual desk and then bothering us to such an extent that we ended up giving you a job. <laughs> Pretty much, so that's my advice to people. No, yeah, don't bother me. There's only <laughs> one Roscoe out there, all right, and he's, that space is filled. Um, but that's how Roscoe got in. He, uh, Ross, he, he, Ross he, is he, downplaying yeah. himself for a little bit yeah. here. He's um, he's quite. I think he's an inspiration to people that have uh, that kind of made things happen through your force of nature, really. Ross, you kind of didn't didn't have the requisite qualifications. I think it's fair to say, but you went out and you. You found work for yourself and you've kind of come in through a, a different route, haven't you? You yeah. do were doing voluntary stuff for um, the radio station and yeah. uh, and then and then got us sort of in through the back door at our place. And uh, yeah, so, yeah. I want now the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Now he's the prospect, the, the coming star of the show. Um, Hutcho, how did you get into journalism and why? Um, why it's the only thing I've ever wanted to do um, after a b- very very brief flirtation with the police at 13 um, ever since then that's all I've really wanted to wanted to do really I don't know why but that's it so I, I did the traditional traditional route at the time which was through un- university did a journalism course which gives you your at the end of it some professional qualifications which at the time, there was no way you would ever get a job anywhere without those. So I did all that. Uh, then I've travelled, boy. I've been around a little bit. Um, well, a very small newspaper in Worcester. Started off um, covering rugby there. And then uh, did that for three years. Moved to Swindon and covered them for the newspaper there for three, three and a half years left the newspaper in Swindon with a colleague and we set up our own website in Swindon basically to rival our newspaper, which we did uh, did for a year, then moved home to Ipswich, worked with you guys for a year, went to London, worked for the Daily Mail for a couple of years and then came home and have been with you guys for two and a half years. So, yeah, eclectic. 
been around. You have been around. Which um, which coppers were you flirting with at the age of thirteen, please? <laughs> <laughs> Just the local beat. Just the local beat coppers. Good. Batting those beautiful eyelashes at them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Hutch, you you have travelled, boy. That is uh, quite some career you've got there. How did the staff interest? How did the, when you left Swindon to set up your own website? How was that? How did that go down with the local paper? Was it was it a time um, of conflict? Uh, yeah, I've still got the letter that said that I was being barred from working for for twelve weeks, right? Which, uh, which um, the guy who bankrolled our website uh, managed to make go away magically. Wow. Um, yeah, it was quite fun actually. It, we did, you know, we did really well um, in terms of building up to something really quite good. Yeah, but, um, we kind of wanted to move home to start a family, so um, yeah. So we did so we did that instead good stuff interesting stuff stewie your path please uh a bit more linear than than andy's similar really um youngster was just in love with football in love with sport um i don't know why a bit like andy from a very young age i knew that's what i wanted to do i was very sort of single-minded with that so i tailored all my GCSEs or my A-levels and everything towards that, doing English and media studies and stuff like that. And then went and did a multimedia journalism degree down at Bournemouth, which is um, was well thought of and, and still is, I think. Um, so, yeah, did, did that. And my first job was at this newspaper. I would have gone anywhere. I'd have worked as a news journalist, but I was very fortunate. My first job was on the sports desk at the, uh, the Anglian and the Star. And then I've kind of just had various job, job titles over that time. I started in 2006. I did everything but football for a long time. We used to do a supplement called Grassroots, which was essentially just covering youth sport and school sports and stuff like that. And then um, then I did Colchester United for a couple of years and then um, started covering Ipswich. Well, this is my ninth season doing Ipswich Town. So um, that's that. Okay. Uh my background is a little bit different, again, to everyone else's. I, uh, I'm a bit longer in the tooth than the rest of the boys, although clearly I don't look it. Um, so I started uh, I started out wanting to be a sports psychologist, and I went to university to study psychology. Uh, had a little bit more biology in it, it turned out, than I was really that interested in. So I ended up dropping out after a year. Uh, I'd, always want, I'd always kind of been into words and stuff, um, and around the time that the Stephen Lawrence case was on the, the mail did that famous front page, the murderers front page where the guys had just been cleared and they, they printed a front page, which called the murderers. Um, and that made me want to get into journalism, that kind of power ironic from the mail. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of then pursued it from there, went to college in Darlington um, got a job with a very free press. They paid for me to train uh, in Darlington, got my various things. Then was a, a news journalist for many years on the news desk, running the news desk at the Anglian um, for 10 years. Then I had a brief career break in Essex as a deputy editor of some weekly papers. That was a terrible mistake. In Braintree, Stu, I blame you. Um, and then I came back as digital editor at the Anglian uh, and then eventually had the chance to move into sport, which is obviously where my passion has always lay. And since then, I've been the uh, quite clearly the best sports editor the papers ever had. So good news. So you're going to laugh at that. Yeah, I, friend, <laughs> I went through my first sort of period at the paper. It was a bit like playing for, 
uh, what's the example, Chelsea or Watford, where I had a different sports editor every six months for yeah. quite a few years. And then um, obviously we've we've been a team for the best part of 10 years now. So it's uh, it's been quite nice uh, to... Uh, my first move as sports editor at the Anglian was to promote Stu from Colchester United to Chief Ipswich Town Reporter. So, yeah, he's been my uh, my long-time star player, as it were. Obviously, now we've got star players all over the shop. We're at Galacticos. I thought you were going to say, my legs. Are, obviously, now my legs are starting to go. And, yeah, uh... we've, moved you, we've moved you from striker back to centre of defence now, mate, just to cover up those, those deficiencies in pace. Um, <laughs> Joe Fairs. This is definitely one for you, Hutchie. Football Friend of the show. Number 10. The live show. I'm very sorry, Joe. I, for, I forgot to give you your, your build-up there. The boys did the job. Joe Fair says, football manager stories, best saves, and any current games on the go. Who do you like to manage? Now, Hutchie, you famously have been playing football manager for best part of a millennium. Um, what, what What's your latest situation? What's the best games you ever run through? You're very how, you, how long have you got? Well, we're all here, mate. We haven't got anything else to do. Well, okay. The current game, which I've not played anywhere near as much as I thought I would during the uh, lockdown situation so far, is I'm currently in the year 2102. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you playing with? Are you still um, very No, no, no. I'm, cur- I'm currently in charge of Hertha Berlin, but I've I've travelled here as well. Started off in um, Division 2 in Scotland with Rangers, took them back, dominated Scotland, job done. Moved to England, Leicester in admin in League 2, uh, three-time European champions by the time I left. Took over Las Palmas, Division 2, Spain, three-time European champions by the time I left. Went to New York, won the MLS, job done. Back to Europe, went to PSV Eindhoven, Ripped it all up, spent loads of money, failed, got sacked. Came home to England, Berry Town, uh, National League North, four-time European champions by the time wow. I left. Now at Hertha Berlin, two-time, um, two-time, two-time European champion, I think. But I'm not leaving until I've done the domestic, uh, domestic treble. Then I'm going to Serie A to dominate that. So you 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 won four European titles with Berry Town. That's that's pretty impressive. I think it was four. It might have been three, but um, yeah, I did all right. Very I take it team. managers can't die in Football Manager. Then I'm a I'm a hundred and seven. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking well for it, mate. I've got to say, um, Stuart Roscoe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stuart Roscoe. Do you play Football Manager? Have you got anything to add? You can't beat that, can you? No. Uh, no, I fell out of love with Football Manager a few years ago. It started getting a bit too in-depth for me. I, I liked the simplicity of, for me, like CM2, 97, 98, Champ 3, maybe 01-02. Those sort of games were like my peak era of, of playing it um, when you could smash through a season in, in a few hours. But it, yeah, when you started having to... I know you don't have to do all the training and all of that, but... Yeah, and I don't have the time to play it as much anymore. I might reconnect with it. I did see that they they had they not football manager released like a an early version of it free on on mobile and stuff to help people through this current crisis. I'm sure, I saw that somewhere. But you could patch yeah, it like you could patch it so it's like teams now. Anyway, yeah, uh, I saw that. 
No, oh, some, I get a bit nostalgic when I think about people like Tommy Svindal Larson, uh, Andre Sigporson, Ibrahima yeah. um, Bakayoko. Yeah, these are all names. If people played champ of that era, they'll be getting all warm and fuzzy inside hearing those sort of names. George Lee, is it as incredibly uncomfortable to watch in person as it is on the audio? When a manager tears into a journalist, Lambert asking Phil if he'd been drinking, etc. I always find it cringeworthy. What's it like then? When because obviously there are the odd flashpoints, as always are with managers and, and journalists over the years. When when a manager decides he's going to tear a journalist a new one, what's that like? If it's not you, uh, what's it like? If oh, I haven't been on the end of too many myself i don't think there's been the odd moment uh it can be a little bit awkward when it's somebody else in the room i think as much as we are all rivals in those press rooms there is also that kind of etiquette of you know we've all we all help each other out a little bit we're all in the same profession so i think when somebody when it feels like it's becoming somebody getting singled out or even bullied dare i say that you kind of rally around each other a little bit on in those situations but then there are other times when people walk into it and you think you kind of especially if you've worked with a manager a while you know what triggers them you know what where not to go with things and when not to push it and stuff like that so you know um sometimes people walk into it sometimes it's fair sometimes it's not mm. you say you've never been on the end of a tongue lashing in your career from a boss? Uh, no, nothing dreadful. There have been times where I've I've definitely learned and still learning to be a better interviewer as time has gone on. I think working with Mick definitely improved me massively in terms of knowing it's not what you ask sometimes, it's how you ask it and it's when you ask it as well. There's a real sort of nuance and knack to, to that. Um, so sometimes sometimes people get stuff and you when you read it in black and white you think that that didn't seem very fair but I think sometimes there's a lot of context and background to to why Mm. sometimes a manager can can go the way they do there was one up at Leeds I remember when I had an absolute mare in terms of uh, my internet connection everything that could go wrong did go wrong I'd, I'd written out everything for the paper and then I got some fatal corruption error came up on my laptop with about 10 minutes to go until deadline i was on the phone to people back in the office i had to rewrite everything out and then straight away mick walked in and uh i think that was the line when i said oh mick some people might say that that was two points dropped tonight or something and he said some some people can fuck off was the was the reply um so but that i probably I wouldn't have asked that question if I was uh, if I was thinking straight or the way yeah. I asked it. But yeah, I am um, obviously thinking of, of of you and Mick and press conferences. It always makes me think of that that bloody water bottle, which I used to pick up and throttle when it was your turn to take questions towards the end of the Mick era. That was fantastic. Hutchie, how about you? Have you ever have you ever had beef with a manager? Have you ever been told off? Um, not in a not in a press conference as such, but <clears throat> I didn't get on particularly well with the last Swindon manager that was there when I was covering them, Mark Cooper, um, for a few reasons. 
but there was one one time where he we were waiting. It was like a pre-season thing. I was waiting by the side of the pitch to speak to some players. He came marching up to me with uh, some A4 sheets of paper with highlighted um, highlighted extracts from a, an interview that I'd done with one of his midfielders, um, Yasser Kasim, a few days prior, and yeah, he was not yeah. he was not happy because he basically the, the context was that Yasser was was saying that he wasn't overly clear and a lot of the players weren't overly clear about what they were being asked to do, um, what their roles were in the team. And Mark was really not happy with that whatsoever. And he was convinced that I had very much misquoted uh, the player to try and get that angle myself. But um, Mm -hmm. I played him the audio. And yeah, the, the old misquoted, the old I was misquoted thing that that happens from time yeah. to time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the player might have uh, chucked me under the bus a little bit there. So he ended up listening to the audio um, at his request and he, w- he wasn't as annoyed with me after that, let's say. Yeah, I had a couple of you saying about getting called in by a manager like that. I had one with A.D. Boothroyd when he was at Colchester and... Um, uh, the season had a bit like Ipswich now. A season had kind of was going along quite nicely and, and tanked. And I'd written a piece that had sort of, again, probably more sensationalist than than I would write now. Um, you know, I was a young journalist still learning very much so at the time. But I'd written a piece that had various bullet points about, you know, this has happened and that's happened. And um, I got the call from the press officer saying the manager would like to see you um, when I came into the office, and he had the various newspapers. AD had various newspapers laid out, much like Andy's just described, with things that were highlighted, and um, that was a, a slightly fraught conversation um, at that time. Do you, my my instinct in that regard generally when someone's being aggressive towards me, I tend to react with aggression back. But do you you have to take, I guess, a very calm head and kind of placating approach to that sort of situation? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's just my my nature, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a peacemaker in general, really. So, yeah, we we try and talk it out, and I try and explain things. I've had a lot of times where managers and players, you you know, they're angry. You explain your job and how it works from your point of view, and hopefully, you come away from those conversations where they they see it from your point of view a bit more. I see it from their point of view, and and you put it behind you. So yeah, that's the way it's got to be. Have you read the um, the Brian Clough book, Provided You Don't Kiss Me, that book? Yeah. That was, I think that's fascinating. The guy who covered Norman Forrest during the Clough era and him and basically Clough would lose his rag with him pretty much every couple of weeks and ban him from the club, call him a shit house, and tell him to never darken his door. And then so he'd stay away for a couple of days and invariably Clough would then get on the phone and say, where are you? And he said, well, you yeah. banned him. And he said, oh, I didn't really mean that. Come, come in and have a whiskey with me. Imagine those sort of days would be brilliant, wouldn't it? You do have to accept sometimes that you are, it's an occupational hazard that you are the one that's in the line of fire, especially post-match, you know, when emotions are so high, sometimes we're seeing the minutes after the final whistle and that you, yeah. you don't, even in the pre-match ones, you don't take it personally. You'll just happen to be the one that's there asking questions. And it's it's in the gaps between all of that where you earn people's respect with hopefully they see over, over the, the long term that you try and do things fair and right and I think Andy and I both sort of pride ourselves on on that doing things sort of objectively and fairly and showing things from both point of view and and I think 
I think that goes a long way. But yeah, there, there were times I had it with Paul Hurst as well. He called me in and wasn't happy with with the wording of certain things at um, sort of quite early on towards the start of his era where he was really sort of nitpicking about the use of certain words, the use of certain adjectives mm. about performances and things, which, um, you know, you saw it at the end where he was getting a bit funny about the use of rock bottom Ipswich Town when they were bottom of the table. And he was saying, well, we're not rock bottom because we're still only X points off of this. And you, that was that was nitpicking a little bit then. Yeah. Hollywood. How well we knew him. Mm. Um, Chris Bennett, what's everyone's signature dish to cook? Beans on toast. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? Beans on toast is one of the most uh, underrated things you can have yep. to eat. Stop. You never do not enjoy a beans on toast. Superb. Um, but I wouldn't say it's a signature dish. Pucko, <laughs> I think you're going to be the man for this. What's your signature dish? Um... My world, my scrambled eggs are world class. Genuinely, yeah. they are world class. Um, is there still the um, the Instagram story on there that you had? Because you went to a place putting your little stories on for your your cooking, didn't you? And I'm sure you did yeah, world class yeah. eggs on there. They might be on there. Um, yeah. Other than that, I like cooking a big Indian meal. <laughs> various various aspects to that. But yeah. Scrambled eggs, they are what they are world class. I'm, I, I, yeah, I've got nothing more to say. <laughs> Have a check out Hutch's Instagram. I think the story's still on there. He'll take you through how to make the the world class eggs. Stewie, what's your signature dish? I'm not a great cook. I'll be honest. Uh, enchiladas. Yeah. Throw together some fajitas, some Mexican type stuff. Yeah. Can't whack a bit of that. Roscoe, what are you making other than beans on toast? <laughs> um, my family's got a like a pasta tradition. Oh, here we go. Oh, what's this? There we go. There. Yes, that's the Instagram story. So it's still there. Go to go to Hutch's Instagram. Look on his story. Look on his highlights. World class eggs. Educate yourself, people. Uh, Roscoe, sorry, you were saying? Yeah, my family's got like a you know. Some, some part of my family are from Italy so they've like handed down recipe for like a good you know a very good pasta dish so they give yeah. me like the the ingredients or the the mix and everything that goes in between it so I've been I'll say I can put together a nice little pasta dish if you ever want a nice little pasta dish I love the fact that you've got family from Naples <laughs> yeah do you when oh, you go home, do you get, sorry what Mention in Naples the Maradona documentary that Channel Four showed again yeah. the other night. That's well worth a watch. Yeah, Sorry. I think it's on, I think that's on Amazon Prime. It's fantastic. But yeah, so Roscoe, when you go to to see your family in Naples, you get really Italian. Yeah, you start sort <laughs> I, of just. I eat a like lot this. of food. A lot of food is eaten. They they put a massive spread on. It is just ah, uh, I I feel so sad when I have to go home because I just ah uh, they just treat you like royalty over there because they just. They don't see you that often, so they just love it. Wow. But yeah, it's good awesome. fun. Uh, I'm making probably something like spicy peanut noodles, something along those lines. Something Thai is, is what I like to make. Um, Gary, this is a good one. Gary, each of you has a week to learn and perfect an accent chosen for you by the respective other three members of the KOA team. On next Thursday's pod, you have to show off how far you've come. I like that <laughs> idea. It's a really good idea. 
Like, A, I can't do accents at all. Hutchie can do accents. He's really good at them. So I think we should give Hutchie the hardest one. So what would be the well, hardest accent? <coughs> Ecuador. What? <laughs> Just Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. What, what accents could we give each other to do? Obviously, Ross has got the iconic uh, Suffolk accent. Yeah. Why don't we give Andy uh, Russian? Do you, you want to take on Russian? Mm, okay. We can do Russian very, very... <laughs> oh, he's doing really good. Is that it? Is that it? Just speak like... You're South, not really South African? Do you do South African? No, Ellen, you can't! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What was yes, that you bro, just said, by the way? It's a pink. It's a pink. Yes, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a C-bomb had dropped there. Um, no, Alan Alan Partridge. Yeah. no, Alan, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hutchie basically has proved himself that we can't, we can't give him anything that he's going to struggle with. Uh, Stewie, what should we give Roscoe to, to, to work on? Oh, God. I want a Ross to come up with a really good Scottish accent. <laughs> that is that is tough, actually. Mm. Okay. Have a little little bash now, Ross. No. <laughs> no. Have, a, have a start with Nay Normal. Nay Normal. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be brilliant. Okay, Ross. Nay Normal. No, no. I need to work. I need to listen to Paul Lambert. Work on it. You've got a week to to become Scottish. Okay. Actually, what shall we do with Stu? What shall Stu do? Have you got a Geordie in you? Um, have <laughs> uh, why I man? Go, go, go watch Newcastle. <laughs> Stun it. That's pretty good. Uh, That's pretty good. I'll work on it. Okay, okay I've got Geordie. Have I? Okay. Yeah. What about uh, what about me then? As I say, I can't do accents at all. So, whichever one you pick for me will be a disaster. Could do a Swindon one. Oh, French. Zutala, what is this? Such a wonderful dish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Just like, uh, just like, um, the, what's his name? Guy Forger, the tennis player. Thierry Henry, a little bit of va va voom. The Cantonar seagulls follow the trawler uh-huh. speech. One of the most classic speeches in sports history. Hutchie, uh, I think you're going to be exempt because you can do all of them. Oh, I can't do I can't do all of them. Well, what what, can you do, what American? do you can't do? Mm, what 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 type of American? Sexon. Hey, Stu, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. That's still pretty good. My Dutch is quite good. Yeah, go. Hey, Mark, what time sh- What time are you coming to the party? Mark, you bring the pancakes and I will bring the cheese. And in, in the clogs. You bring them all. Have a great time. Mate, you've missed your calling. You should be, um, that, is it that Darren Farley that does all the, the impressions? You should be doing that. He can only he can only do Harry Redknapp and Rafa Benitez. 
Yeah. I think he's, he's beginning to show his limitations. Uh, is Dan- Daniel Farker's not bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's can good. You do, can you do a Daniel Farker for us? Oh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll work on a Farker for next week. Farker, yeah, okay. that's your job. You do a Farker oh. for next week. Um, James Gulk wants to know. This is one really for you and me, Hutchie. He wants to know what we think about Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. I'm really excited about it. Gonna think... backfire. Uh, I don't know, though. I don't know. He's got a re- he's got a really good team. Like he's got he's got good tight ends. He's got receivers. The d- defense is good. Um, just the offensive line needs a little bit of work. I think they might be okay. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they might. I think they might have a better season than the Patriots. I think it's going to explode. He's going to be 43 years old on on opening day. Uh, I think he's either going to get injured or he's just going to be his arms are going to fall off a cliff, like we've seen before. Stewie, what do you think about Tampa Bay's tight ends? <laughs> Alan Partridge meme. For those listening on on just on the audio, Stewie's just done a, a shrug in the finest of Alan Partridge styles. Martin wants to know what's the greatest sporting moment you've witnessed live. And he says, when I say live, actually being at the event, is this one we had last week? Did we do the, that was the atmosphere, wasn't it? That was atmosphere. So greatest sporting event you've actually, you've actually been at. Um, I've seen Kevin Peterson score an Ashes 100 at Lords on the first day of an Ashes te- test match. That's a pretty big deal. Um, and then I saw, I was at the, the second Frotch Groves fight at Wembley. What? How have, we, how have we not discussed this before? I've got nothing to say, but I had a good time, but I can't technically tell you anything interesting about the fight. I, I had a really good time. Where were you? Were you in like, the nosebleed seats? or? Yeah. Man, what, what an occasion. Every time Carl Frotch retells that story, there are more people there as well. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> <laughs> he goes from 80,000. I think it's up about 100,000 now every time he tells that story. Um, I would say... Back after I dropped out of university, me and my mate went to America to watch some sport, and we went to see that great. Um... Where's Hutchie going? You're right, Jeffrey. <laughs> For those of you who can't see the, the, the video, Hutchie's just had to shoot out and check that I think his daughter's okay. He's now left us, so hopefully he will return. Staffy uh, came in like five minutes ago and said that uh, my dinner's going to be at five o'clock. So, oh, hello. Oh. Hey, there she yeah. is. Oh, special guest. Can you say hello? Hello. Yeah. Hello, hey. Jesse. Anyway, carry on. She speaks more sense than all of us put together, I think. Pretty much. Hutchie, this is this is one for you, really. I was saying that um, back when uh, I dropped out of uni, we went, me and a friend went to America to watch some sport, and we went to see that great Lakers team with Shaq. Kobe and all, all those players when they were actually at the peak of their powers. So uh, tremendous. Je- Jesse is uh <laughs> now just gonna do just face Palmer out the door. <laughs> it's like that BBC thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna run in a minute and go, Chuck! Yeah. Andy, there, there is another responsible adult in your house, isn't there? Uh yes. Good. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> she was just up the door running up running up and down the corridor couldn't say no sorry sorry i was just saying I, I saw that great lakers team with shaq and kobe and i saw shaq i think went for 34 and 20 rebounds in one game which we were at which was tremendous um, is that when you stuck behind the the curtain and you shouldn't have been there and you went and watched them practice in right. Phoenix? That was unbelievable. Yeah, we, so we we were in Phoenix. Uh, we walked into the the, the um, arena, which was uh, on the day of the game. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and we just went to try and see if we could see the floor. Um, so we walked up to like a curtain, which was where we thought the floor was, and uh, tried to peek round it. But then the security guy came out and. Uh, and said, "Oh, what are you doing? We can't, you can't." And uh, we said, "Sorry, sorry, we're we're English. We don't know what we're doing." And he immediately went, "I love the English. Do you want to look?" And he like he pulled the curtain back, and there was they were they were practicing on the floor. So we got to watch them train. Basically, it was incredible, brilliant. Anyway, good times. Yeah, good really? times. Um, Stewie, greatest sporting event that you've been at? Uh, I think most impressive performance that I've seen live is I saw a Lewis Hamilton masterclass at Silverstone in the pouring rain. And he uh, he just was phenomenal in the wet and over he lapped everyone and uh, so that that was quite impressive to see. Um, football wise, I was there when Arsenal sealed the the uh, the title in '98. They, they uh, I was there as an Everton fan in the away end. They won four nil. Tony Adams scored the That's the cool. goal. Tony Adams came marauding forwards to uh, to cap it all off. Um, but that that Arsenal side was phenomenal. I think that was probably what year was the Invincibles? A couple of years later after that, I can't remember. Two thousand four or five, I think. Yeah, two thousand. I I think that late nineties Arsenal side was probably better than the Invincibles side. That that yeah. I also saw thinking about it. I saw Liverpool when they're in their pomp. They beat. I went to see um beat uh, Derby at the baseball ground seven one, and that was a side with Rush and Barnes and. All the great players that they had then, they were tremendous. Unfortunately, I was a Derby fan, so uh, I didn't really appreciate it at the time. Um, Roscoe, how about you? Best sporting event you've been to? I haven't got many, really. I haven't really gone to many sporting events, really. Um, most of them are for Richwich Town. So, so not any of them. Not any good ones at all. So. Probably uh, the best one you were at then was the one you can't remember, which was the the playoff semi final, the famous. I, I went to Wembley. I went to Wembley for the playoff yeah. final, but I was you know three years old, <laughs> so that was yeah. a. Oh, there's a nice picture of me and my uncle, from the day, but yeah, there's not much else to really say about the day we won, but I can't remember much about it because I was only three years old. So, but yeah, I just don't do many sporting events really myself. Harvey Davis. The sweet Welsh prince, friend of the show, Boyle. Number there you go. Two or three or four or something like that. He wants to know what car would you love to take for a spin the most? He says on his, he'd have the, Roy- the Rolls Royce Phantom. I'm not really a car guy, so uh, uh, Hummer, <laughs> uh, Lamborghini, Aventador. <laughs> I know those are good. Um, how about you, boys? Have you got any interesting cars? Mustang. The, uh... Mustang. Yeah, I love a Mustang. Oh, Mustang. That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're going to get when you pass your test? Yeah. Oh shit! It's not should... happening. Of course, your test has now been cancelled. I'd imagine. Pretty much as yeah. I got an email saying yeah, we're not doing. Basically, my driving instructor, he's not doing any like lessons now for the 
basically for the for, you know the next month or so because he well can't. Man, this must be this must be crippling him. Yeah, yeah, you said it well. That is his livelihood. So yeah, he's like, unfortunately we're just you know going to his savings and stuff. Unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Lucky. Um, Hutchie or Stewie, you've got a, a favourite car you'd like to drive? Probably um, the new uh, the new, new Hyundai hatchback. <laughs> I'm not driving a mini Metro. That's why I'm not driving. <laughs> I'd love to have a go on a monster truck. Oh yeah, good shout. Oh, just I've been go, on a monster just, truck. What? Yeah. You know, um, when they, there's a monster truck like rally at the uh, what's it called? Where the Suffolk Showground is, I was able it's to uh, have a have a free yeah. ride on it. Wow, so nice. I, went, I, went, I went down with Wayne Savage, good old Wayne Savage. Me and him went down and we took a ride on the monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an unlikely duo to be in a monster truck. Yeah. He's our former yeah. features writer, for, for those who don't know. Yeah. Um, he should yeah, really man. have been a national hunt jockey. Yeah, Wayne was tiny, he was tiny. Did you, um, did you go over any cars or anything, Roscoe? Yeah, yeah, we over a few cars. Yeah, it was good fun. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's videos of it as well. I think we need nice. to share them. Yeah. Right then, boys, let's do one more because we've been going for over an hour. Final question. Andy Roberts, what's the best and worst concerts you've ever been to? My best was you two. My worst was taking my daughter to see Blazing Squad when she was younger. They were horrific <laughs> and I still cannot fathom why she liked them. So best and worst concerts. Roscoe, you're going to have the best answers here. Uh, worst is includes a picture job that I did. Um, an artist called Young Blood. He was, he was terrible. <laughs> he was, <laughs> it was terrible. I I did the three songs which you get to do for taking pictures, and I left straight away. I went, I'm not staying here. This is just dreadful. Blimey. Um, and then I think a band called Garbage. They're not garbage, but they're called a band called Garbage. Um. Uh, Sash is a big fan of that band that was one of our first concerts we went to so I'm gonna so that's one of my favourite ones because it was our first little you know are they still going garbage they're still yeah still going yeah 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 still touring here and there and I think they did release an album about a year or so ago but yeah nice that was a nice day they did a song with Tom Jones didn't they or something garbage am I thinking of someone else is garbage Skunk and Nancy? Is that no, no. something different? Skunk and Nancy is a different band entirely with skin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're cool though. Pipe wow. down, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Stewie, what's your what's your best and worst concerts? Uh, best hands down would be Prodigy's homecoming gig in Braintree in around 2005 and they yeah. went and played there's a venue that was attached to my local golf club Towland so they toured all over the country and then because they're Braintree boys they they came back and played there and that that went off that was uh that was good um worst a bit like uh the one that got sent in via question was uh being taking my little sister along to various things i went for a spell where to try and uh there was a, there was a girl that i liked uh 
around sort of college time so I was like oh will you come to this concert with me because I've got to take my little sister and it was like hearsay and various people that had done pop idol or yeah. whatever x factor it was at the time so um I had ulterior motives to uh, to go to that but uh yeah the music was no good no good mm. I've not really been to much live music been to a been to a few they're all all right I've seen Muse a couple of times um uh all I can remember to be honest you know what I did go to actually I went to one of the lot you know when um I went to one of the live eight concerts yeah in Edinburgh that was good James Brown played that that was one of wow. his last gigs that was that was probably the best did he do the whole I can't go on I can't go on with the uh with yep. the cape and all that sort of stuff yep. yeah he did it all wow. and he did, and he did a little bit with Lenny Henry which was an unusual duo but um wow. but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, uh, what those, that's what those gigs were all about just on that slightly odd note did, I, I saw the other day that Kiefer Sutherland did a show in Berry. you know the actor mm, from 24 yeah he yeah. plays a guitar apparently and he did a, he did a show at the Apex in Berry. anyway um, I'm um, digressing there the best concert I've ever seen is a guy called B.B. King who's a very famous blues guitarist I saw him at the, the Royal Albert Hall uh, back when I was uh sort of 15 16 years old and he was unbelievable the things he could make that guitar do were incredible he could literally make it talk um yeah that would easily be my my best i've never really been to a bad concert i have been to a lot of bad stand-up gigs though they count as concerts jack whitehall i went to see at the o2 he was shit good lord he was bad <laughs> like you know all stand-up comics obviously make up stories that and then tell them as if they've happened mm -hmm. but the best ones are kind of believable and you think oh that could actually have happened but his stories were just so shit that you just thought, well, this has obviously never happened. It's not funny. I think um, he's overrated. Yeah, yeah, he was he was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I'd say if you ever get the chance to go and see him, don't, because uh, he was bad. Anyway, that, that would be, that's the way I'm going to finish the pod this week. Don't see Jack Whitehall live. Um, boys, we've come to the end of a lot of mailbag questions. We have to thank, of course, the Carry Army. That's you. Um, for helping us there because we needed your help to get through this one and it's good to take all your questions there's Ross's mascot um, so the idea is as I, I think I've said before we're going to keep this pod going twice a week as normal Monday and Thursday will be normally try and keep a, a bay of normality in, in what are extremely abnormal times keep uh, keep spirits high uh, boys what have we what have we got ahead of us now Hutchie you've just started your working day you're doing nights at the moment essentially yep so editing this will be the first job. Excellent. Stewie? Uh, I've got some nice little interviews under my belt, actually, this week, which I'm quite excited to write up and share with people. So, um, yeah. Um, what, uh, shall I? Yeah, I'll tell you one. We've got something with Jimmy Bullard coming out over the weekend, which I think people are really going to enjoy reading, hopefully. So look out for that. It is gold. Do not miss it, honestly. I, I read it today uh, and I rang Stu because I was that impressed. I said it's one of the best things um, that he's ever written. It's really, really good. And the stuff that he's got Jimmy talking about, stuff that he's never talked about before. Um, if you're a town fan or even just a football fan, I think you're going to find that absolutely fascinating. And that will be in uh, online on Saturday morning. Um, Roscoe, you're actually off, aren't you? What are you actually yeah. doing on your days off? Because you've got, you've got today and tomorrow off. So have you got any plans to do anything? 
Uh, Sasha's off as well, so just gonna just chill really. She's uh, sweet love. <laughs> She's got she's got me chick she's got me some chicken so I'm gonna go and eat some chicken now so and then make sweet love yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay I'm I'm off out for a run after this one of my uh, my my single form of exercise a day um, boys have we got any other business to add no other business other business no, no other business. I forgot to mention on uh, on Tuesday's pod, obviously do keep hitting subscribe on your various podcast providers and leaving us five-star review on iTunes. We'll be here for you throughout this uh, this crisis. And of course, we have to finish with the only club that is still open at the moment. That's the KOA club. And you are all invited. You have to adhere to strict social distancing, but you can grab yourself a drink, get yourself some chicken like Ross. You can do whatever you want because we are now going to head into that KOA club. Thanks for joining us today. Keep washing those hands, stay indoors, and we'll see you again and speak to you again on Monday. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.